1: It's The List and your boy with Jimmy Van and Sean Ross With Jimmy and Sean, sell bills for your dumb. Make a fantastic song. Make a fantastic song.
2: A lot of people get our song lyrics wrong. Everybody keeps saying make a fantastic song. It's mega fantastic song, guys. Just just wanted to specify that. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Managing editor, let's change my title. Let's change my title right here on the spot. Oh yeah, what, what's it going to be now?
0: Uh, man, you're just so. I'll tell. I'll tell you a quick little story. That's gonna. That's gonna. That's gonna tie into this because I just had this conversation today with with an employee. His titles
2: are stupid.
0: When I started this company, I have a partner. When I started this company, and we had to have a shareholders agreement and everything nice and legal. Mm-hmm. My lawyer said, "Okay, you need to appoint a CEO and you need to appoint a COO." And we looked at my lawyer and said, can we just be janitor one and janitor two? Because we don't give a shit about titles.
2: Can I be CEO slash janitor two of Fightful.com?
0: You can just be janitor two of Fightful.com. Why the hell can't I be CEO? No. You can have to be janitor two. I'm cool with that janitor two i'll make brady I, janitor one
2: you can be janitor two <laughs> i i'm good with that i don't have to play first fiddle janitor one at okay cool that's it's in my twitter bio
0: oh that's great there you go we're,
2: we're good to go actually i put janitor one sorry brady i oh, need to update one. that not not trying to step on your toes uh, it's been
0: a big week jimmy Yeah, man. We're doing this on September 4th. I want to get a couple things out of the way before we get started here. So uh, first and foremost, for FIFO Select uh, subscribers, we have decided to do away with Stupid People Extended. Uh, We used to have three extra stupid people news stories. Why are you doing that? Why are you doing that? Because it was
2: my great idea.
0: Uh, to do something different, but the extra list was my <laughs> idea. So what we're going to do is we're going to do a, a new thing called extra list, which basically means that I'm going to have additional wrestling news stories that Sean and I are going to discuss on FightfulSelect.com, and it'll go up, uh, after the live podcast. So check that out. They all other... need
2: a better name for it than extra list.
0: Uh, well, I told generic. you, I, I like, help me come up with some stuff. I have other I'll shit do to do, it. Sean. You know what I mean? Help me come yeah. up with some stuff. The other thing was, uh, next week, Sean, what's going on next week, buddy?
2: What is going on next week?
0: Are we not having a a, a major uh Listen Your Boy event next week?
2: I mean, Jimmy, I've been so focused on training on it I almost forgot when it was, but yeah, uh next week finally The List rematch and, the, the rematch on Listen Your Boy <laughs> at the top of the show. Oh, it's
0: going to be at the top of the show.
2: Yeah, it's going to okay. open the show. You want to
0: open the show with it, not end the show. Open
2: the show. I just know that Melissa is training her ass off for this. I have been to thumb wrestling war. Jimmy, personally, I'm expecting it might I, I, you might not even have to come. It might because of how hard we're training, you might it might take up the full hour.
0: All right? It we'll might see how take it goes. Up a full hour.
2: I have prepared my thumbs and my hands and my palms for war. I've been working them out furiously. Just,
0: just (laughs) thanks to bluechew.com.
2: Let me tell you, they were good to me. They were good to me in Chicago, and take that however you want it. But they were there, they were there in Chicago. Actually, um, I had dinner with another blue chew brother. Take that however you want. Glenn Rubenstein paid for my birthday dinner on Friday. Big thanks, but hey, guys. If you all want your question or statement <laughs> read on the air, donate a super chat. Derek Davis j- did just that. Said just to start to show off strong. I appreciate that. I truly do.
0: So all that weekend, last weekend plus uh, Starcast, Sean Rossap was there. How was it for you, man? How was you know the the suburbs of Chicago? How was it the whole weekend?
2: Renting a car was a great idea there. Uh, because as I learned, Schaumburg is not Chicago. I, I met one of my old college friends who lives there now, and she was quick to say – because I was like, oh, driving in Chicago is not bad. And she's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Just, just so you know, you're not in Chicago. You're in Schaumburg. Right. And it's very comparable to where I'm moving next year. So it was no big deal. Uh, had a nice little rental car. It was a lot better than Ubering everywhere. Uh, the hotel was right across the lot from Starcast, so it was very close. Very easy, uh, I had a good time, man. like you you know how I, I mentioned to you. I get a little nervous, a little little hesitant for stuff like that, and then by the time it's time to go, I, I don't really want to go like it's it's a good time. We had a lot of people, a lot of subscribers that were there. The starcast thing is always a lot of fun and did some scrums, played some basketball. Uh, you're looking at the bronze medalist in the wrestling media three point championship uh I, I know that that is i hope there that's weren't, what you that's i what hope you sent me there for
0: i hope there weren't three competitors
2: uh, there were eight thank you no, that's not ter- terrible
0: that's not terrible. that that
2: was fun but then all out was a lot of fun too the media scrums lasted felt like all night we did like 40 minutes with tony khan man lots of stuff all of it up on youtube.com slash fightful too
0: there you go. And uh, coming out of that show, I'm I'm going to give you some of my uh, all-out thoughts in a minute. But I'm, we're not going to do a full review because Fightful.com already has that, so no need no need to do no it. I have one
2: unselect on too.
0: There you go. So no need to do a full review. I'm just going to give some some thoughts on on some things from the show. But first and foremost, the first ever AEW champion Chris Jericho kind of goes back to Florida, loses the belt. Sean, explain uh, the whole situation from what you heard. I
2: can explain it all. With a little bit of the bubbly. Yeah. That's what I would assume. Well, Jericho misplaced the title. He grabbed the wrong bag. He was at a Longhorn Steakhouse. Misplaced the title. Filed a police report. I got the info from, of all places, Scott Keith's blog of doom. (laughs) Jimmy, the OG. I called up the Tallahassee PD. They confirmed the news. They said it was an open case. However, today they found it, Jimmy. On the side of the road,
0: yeah. Someone tossed it because it was getting a little hot. I think. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so $30, I thirty thirty
2: thousand dollars. They probably got a low jack on that thing.
0: Did it cost thirty thousand dollars?
2: It was valued at thirty thousand oh, dollars. Okay, valued said. at three. Okay. Value. All right. All right. I value myself
0: at a lot more than what I'm worth. So, yeah, at least thirty one five. So, so uh, again, we're doing this on September fourth. There's a uh, reporter of Tallahassee. His name is Jeff Berlew. He uh, works for the Tallahassee Democrat. He posted this on Twitter today. This was around the time that Sean and I were talking about this whole nonsense with the belt and everything. He posted this. Put up the first tweet there, Brady, from Jeff Berlou. the Berleu. one with the picture of the guy? Uh, Yep, the first one.
1: Yeah.
0: He said, update, Tallahassee Police Department finds Jericho stolen championship belt. And there you can see there's a member of the police department holding up the belt. Then within moments, like within a matter of minutes, uh, Jeff Brulu posted the second tweet. Put up the second one. The case takes another turn. Tallahassee, the police department, announces on Facebook that it found the belt but hastily deletes the post. Now says it can't confirm the belt was found and calls the case open and active. Um, Sean, let me ask you this. I I know on the post-backdown pod you were talking about this whole thing and you said that some people were actually suggesting from the very start it was a work. Obviously, it wasn't at the beginning because you're not going to file a police report just for the sake of a wrestling storyline. Correct. But my question for you is, did it turn into a work? Like, is there any possibility that the Tallahassee Police Department got a phone call from the old cons saying, take down that that Facebook photo because Chris Jericho cut a promo in a hot tub and we want to roll with it? Is that like what happened?
2: I'm going to try to find out. But I mean, I'll tell you what, when I asked around yesterday, when I. When I got the news of this, a lot of wrestlers didn't know. (laughs) They had no idea this was happening. And they were freaking out. Uh, like The wrestlers were. I don't know if if Tony Khan and Cody were. I, I did reach out to both of them, and I reached out to AWPR. didn't hear back from them, but I reached out to all those people and didn't hear back from any of them. But there were wrestlers that were freaking out. And, hey, everybody can laugh at it now. Jericho can even laugh at it now. I thought that all the the Arby's tweets and Arby's Arby's saying, hey, Jericho, we got some cardboard for you to replace your belt with. And he said, no, just keep it for your crappy sandwiches.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Nice. You know what? To me, this whole thing, it reminded me of Nia Jax, Becky Lynch going into the Survivor Series. Yeah, Uh, because in that situation, Becky Lynch, you know, she was hot going into Survivor Series, supposed to wrestle Ronda Rousey. Nia Jax punches her in the face, gets a concussion, has to pull out of the match, made Becky Lynch even hotter, probably the hottest she was going into the Royal Rumble. Uh, They took a uh, unplanned incident and they led it led to a positive change. Same thing with this this situation. Jericho didn't have a challenger. And then he's able to cut a promo Suggesting somebody stole his belt That could become a story And when I saw that the Tallahassee thing Was deleted from Facebook I thought to myself I wonder if the cons called him and said Look, uh, thanks for finding it Appreciate it We found ourselves a hot new angle Take that down from Facebook And I don't even know if that's legal You know, if 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 that can be done But it sure seemed like that's what happened
2: Yeah, so. it, it did uh, <laughs> We'll see what happened But it's the like, as if, you know, Cyborg signing with Bellator, us releasing a Mick Foley interview, the Chris Jericho thing. Yeah. All that stuff wasn't news enough. I feel like there was something else big that happened yesterday.
0: Killer Cross. Uh, the
2: Bailey heel turn that yeah. just had, what was it? Killer Cross. Killer Cross thing. Yeah. Yesterday was a crazy Tuesday. Yeah. I'll tell you what, I, I'm excited for in one month when those get broken up, like just a little bit throughout the week. Uh
0: Yeah, it it was it was a crazy crazy day. It was we're going to get to all of it And I want to start with all out. I want to give some thoughts on it I thought it was mostly a good show watching it on pay-per-view as opposed to live at the arena like you were there I thought it was mostly a good show. I didn't think it was as good as double or nothing um, But I thought it was overall a good show. There's some points. I wanted to make the first one was I posted this on Twitter on uh, Saturday night. They need to move the barricade back 10 feet Uh, at least, there were so many guys trying to do dives from the ring that smashed their feet and ankles and legs into that barricade. And you know what just brought a a little grin almost to my face because it was so silly, Sean? So I had over 100 people that retweeted my tweet, agreeing that they need to move the the barricade back. They're lucky that uh, Omega didn't get hurt. They're lucky Pac didn't get hurt. They're lucky a bunch of other guys didn't get hurt. There was actually some people, Sean, that responded to me on Twitter blaming the wrestlers. Yeah, that was weird, wasn't Isn't it? that amazing? Like, there were people saying, oh, it's the staff's fault? No, it's the wrestlers' fault. They shouldn't do dives. What? What? What
2: kind of... I don't know what kind of company they think these guys are in I uh,
0: don't know. Like you the want to young limit their Bucks arsenal. Kenny
2: Omegas are EVPs of this company. Don't yeah, do dives. It's, Get was, out of here. And then
0: one guy was like, "Oh, they should have gone out earlier, and they should have gauged, you know, the the distance." Look, I know that they want to pack these buildings and everything, but in the general scheme of things, what's more important to you, losing a row of seats or having Omega out for oh, six months?
2: There, there's plenty of space. Believe me, right, I, I was there. Right. Like, and I, I got to put out over AEW for their live experience. Not really a bad seat in the house at the Sears Center. It uh, looks like they're – I don't know if they'll go there every year, but it looks like Chicago every year. Boy, should have seen <laughs> the disappointment on my wife's face when I told her. Uh, sorry, it looks like every year on our birthday weekend I'm going to be in Chicago. Yeah, they're going to do it every but, year, yeah. But um, it's just like th- the environment there, the crowd there. It's it's it is way different. One, it's a lot more diverse than you would expect, uh, both race and gender. However, it is not diverse in age. It is a lot of like mid twenties to mid to late thirties people there, and like that. It, that's what comprises that demographic, and it's different, man. Because the odd thing is when I go to WWE shows. There are way, way more kids there. Right. But yeah. There are also way more drunk adults there. Yeah,
0: at least because from my personal experience. I mean, on television, they the the, the average television viewer now is in their mid forties for WWE. So it it would make yeah. sense that there would be you know not only older people there but people with kids because that fits that demographic and obviously the eighteen to forty nine demo is what you want so that's good for AEW that's what they have uh, more stuff about all out. I thought Omega Pac was the match of the night for me. That was the match of the night. And I was really impressed with the fact that uh, they had no rivalry going in, really no story going in, and we're still able to put together a hell of a match. Uh, I questioned the placement; they had it second on the second on the card, and I didn't quite understand why you put that match second on the card. Again, I get there was no rivalry and no no real story going into it because it came together last minute. That's still Kenny Omega; that should have been yeah. top three on the card. So that one that one kind of, I kind of question. I also didn't like how the, the commentators telegraphed the finish. I haven't uh, seen
2: that. I'm going to watch the broadcast soon. You
0: should, because throughout the entire match, from the time that Omega was coming down to the ring, they talked about how Omega was on a supposed losing streak, even though he, at the time, I believe he was one and one, yeah, or two and one, even no one and one, I think at the time. Uh, so they talked about how he was on a supposed losing streak. They talked about how oh he might be just too busy thinking about John Moxley. They telegraphed the finish too much, and I didn't like that. That leads me into good old Jim Ross. Uh, And I look, I respect Jim Ross. He might be the greatest commentator of all time. There was zero enthusiasm at a Jim Ross on this broadcast. Zero. And as a matter of fact, I don't know know if you remember in the Jericho match uh, towards the end, Jericho got the walls of Jericho on and Excalibur was going ballistic because that's a that's a near finish. Right. And and uh um Hangman Page is going for the ropes and Excalibur's going nuts. Jim Ross was so nonchalant and casual, Sean. Jim Ross was like, Oh, hangman better get to the ropes. Uh. And I thought to myself, why are you even there? Like he's got no enthusiasm. He comes off, like been there, done that. Uh Jeff, Jeff Hawkins on the post show, post all out show, he made a comment. He said that somebody uh somebody liking Jim Ross as a commentator now, like a talent relations guy calling the action and that yeah. that i thought was a good analogy because jr does tend to refer to people as kids uh yeah good hands good hand In the reho match he referred to her weight a thousand times he kept on calling her the 98 pound dynamo the 98 pound phenom he referred to her weight re- just relentlessly and i just thought to myself you're you're taking away from the action i know why you're there You're there because uh, AEW's whole point is that they want to go after lapsed fans. Tony Khan's been very open about it. Cody Rhodes has been very open about it. They believe that there is a certain uh, sector of of the fan base that used to watch WCW, used to watch WWE, doesn't want to watch anymore. And they want to tap into that fan base when they go on TNT. That's why they have Jim Ross. That's why they have Tony Schiavone. That's why they have Chris Jericho. And so that's why JR is there. But with that lack of enthusiasm, if you're a fan watching the product, why are you interested? If he's not interested, one of the matches on the card. Exactly. One of the matches on the card. It might have been the Battle Royal. Might have been the Battle Royal. He made reference to he didn't give a damn who won. And I just thought, so why are why do we care if you don't care? You know.
2: I I agree. Now I haven't got to hear it yet. Yeah. But that that's a thing that that really bugs me. I I don't like. I never liked it in other companies where they would do like. They would try to scale it back and do like the golf tournament commentary where they're like, and they're locking up. They would try to convey the seriousness by that, and I'm like, man, it's a big fight feel." That's not the way people get down anymore. Right. This, this All due respect to Vin Scully, this ain't Vin Scully anymore. Fly ball to left field. No, <laughs> no. Nowadays, it's Joe Rogan screaming his balls off in big fights. That, that's what it is. Yeah, I mean, you
0: don't want to start the match like that, but but when it comes down to Jericho getting on the walls of Jericho, and 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 you know, in theory, he could have won by submission. Mm-hmm. You got to get up for that. This is for the title. This is for your first ever champion that you're that you're crowning. And Jerry was so nonchalant and, yeah. and and just no enthusiasm at all. Uh, a few more points: Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. God. Man, did WWE miss the boat? On these guys. Now, Jungle Boy, you could excuse because he's a young kid and he's, he's, he's mm-hmm. pretty new to the business. They had Luchasaurus, Sean. Yeah, they, they sure had did. him. Like, these guys are stars. Luchasaurus, the time is going to come that he turns heel. When he it, turns heel, he's going to be the biggest heel in the company.
2: You know, the funny thing is, everybody's had Luchasaurus. He right? wrestled for Lucha Ring of Honor. Right? He wrestled for Lucha Underground. I'm pretty sure he did an appearance for Impact, I think. Uh, like, my God, he's so
0: good. Really Jimmy. good. Really good and great look. And and I know some people say, oh, the, the, the mask is goofy. I love it, it fits him. It yeah. fits him with the tattoos and everything and, and the physique. I think him and Jungle Boy are both big stars. And I, I really think that they got something special in those two guys.
2: Like, like The funny thing is, usually it's the little guy that's trying to control the big guy. I love the gimmick that Luchasaurus, even though he, he looks like he's a wrestling dinosaur. Yeah. He's trying to control the out-of-control little guy. I don't know if you saw the BTE skit, but it was pretty funny. He's backstage, and he sees Jungle Boy, who does not speak, up near a a breaker circuit. And he's like, don't do it. Don't do it. And then uh, he turns it off, and they they cut to where the lights went off on Dark Order, implying that Jungle Boy turned the lights off in the arena.
0: Well, and and, and, – Speaking of Jungle Boy, Jim Ross referred to him as Jungle Jack the entire match. The whole match, he called him Jungle Jack. <laughs> and, I and mean, it, if they're if they're
2: switching the name to Jack Perry, yes. I'm okay with that. I'm I am okay too, with that. but
0: they haven't they haven't officially said anything. He, yeah, just, I, he just called him Jungle Jack, because that's, that's Jim Ross. I, uh, I want to put over Jimmy Havoc and Chuck Taylor. I'm a big fan of subtle humor in pro wrestling. I hate the goofy over-the-top shit. I hate the toilet humor the Vincent Man loves. I like the subtle stuff, and Jimmy Havoc and Chuck Taylor both made me pop, uh, watching all out for things that they did. Chuck Taylor, when he was on the ramp, he was trying to psych himself up, so he slapped himself in the chest, and as soon as he did it, he winced and he sold it like this. Yeah, I thought that was funny. And Jimmy Havoc at one point—I don't know who was going up the ropes—might have been Janella was climbing the ropes, mm-hmm. and Jimmy Havoc was on the floor, and he was, you know, supposedly too hurt to get up there to stop him. So Jimmy Havoc took two of those staple guns and just started shooting them at, at Janella. <laughs> and I was freaking howling watching him do that. And I thought, I thought this is the kind of subtle humor that I like in pro wrestling. Yeah. So uh, I wanted to put those two guys over for that. I think Darby Wait. Allen needs to tone it down. <laughs> you said uh, that, yeah. He is going sh- to shorten his career. And I understand because people respond to me on social media and they said, oh, he's done interviews. And he said, that's his style and that's what he's going to do. This kid has the potential to be this generation's Jeff Hardy. Yeah, and I don't just mean with the acrobatics. I mean with the look. I mean with the character, kind of like the dark aura about him. He's got the opportunity to be this generation's uh, Jeff Hardy if he's going to keep doing things like a coffin drop, holding a barrel off the top rope onto the ringside steps. His head, Sean, the whiplash. He went like this, like his head hit went like that when he hit those those steps. Yeah. With, with, He's going to shorten his career doing that stuff. Yeah,
2: I, I don't want the guy to get stenosis or anything, but I, I get it. Like, just minimize it a minimize little bit it. or scale it back. Yes. We do have a super chat. Rob Wilkins poses a good question. Why was Jericho in Tallahassee five hours from Tampa? No concert. Uh, he it. moved, I think. I think he moved. Oh, did he move? I thought he just really, really liked that Longhorn Steakhouse. I,
0: well, I, I know he bought a new place. Uh, I don't know if he's in Tallahassee, but I know that he bought a new place and he moved in uh, relatively recently, so I don't know. Uh, Well, well, do
2: you have more on All Out?
0: Yeah, a a couple more points I want to make. Uh, This one, you may or may not agree with me, and some of our viewers might not like me saying this, but I'm just being honest. Uh, Nyla Rose. My opinion on Nyla Rose, whether people uh, like this or not, if Nyla Rose was not the first intergender women's wrestler— Transgender. I'm sorry, transgender women's wrestler on this stage, she would not be getting this push. uh, Because Nyla Rose, in my opinion, just isn't that great. Uh, I find that she's very reckless and sloppy. Did you see the Priscilla Kelly spot?
2: I didn't. I mean, maybe I did, but there were so many people in the match, it was hard for me to check. And
0: live, it would be harder to... to, So one of the problems with Nyla Rose is that they're trying to present her... As their China, as their Nia Jax, as their larger-than-life powerhouse monster personality. That's how they're trying to present her. The problem is that uh, Nyla Rose has very little in the way of—what's uh, of, uh, the word I'm looking for—of uh, of a battery— You know what I'm saying? Like, she she gets tired very quickly. She doesn't have the strength that somebody like a China has. And so when they have her in here doing all of this stuff and trying to power people up and everything, she's not able to get it done. So with Priscilla Kelly, she was supposed to lift Priscilla Kelly up and throw her over the top. And there was a couple of girls on the floor waiting to catch her. But she didn't have enough strength. So instead, when she tried to power her up, she dumped her straight down. Priscilla Kelly landed flat. And she's lucky she didn't break her hip. Mm-hmm. I find Nala Rose very sloppy, green. Yeah, she's got <sighs> some good stuff. Uh, at times, she did a thing where she was on the apron, and two girls ran at her, and she, she leveraged the ropes, and she got her feet up, and they both ran into her feet. Yeah. She's got some decent stuff, but she's sloppy. She's green. She's reckless. She doesn't have enough, uh, enough power or enough of a motor in order to do the things that they're, they're expecting from her. And so I really believe if she wasn't transgender, she would not be getting this push. That's my opinion. Well,
2: they used to say that Mick Foley was sloppy. And dangerous, and he was because he accepted an interview with me. <laughs> Take a listen. Fightful. Uh, you you've been on WWE TV recently. Yeah, had a pretty prominent spot where Bray Wyatt. I don't. I wouldn't. Don't know if it'd be called handed over or if he took it, the mandible claw, but that's, that's been a pretty uh, popular point of discussion. How, how do you feel about that? And how did you kind of
1: hear that that was going to be the, the way that things went? Well, let's assume I didn't hear and he <laughs> yes. did take it. And just I have only the aftermath to judge it by. Uh, I really, I was really impressed by it. I went back and I saw it on the video and I thought it looked. So it was really impressive. I thought I was in my own monster movie there. Yeah. And uh, the fact that he has continued to use it, uh, I think is uh, is a nice way to acknowledge the stuff that I did and uh, happy that it's there. You know, I love when people use. You know, I do. I, yeah. Even if it's a just uh, a characteristic, you know, yeah. uh, a way of sitting, whatever. Yeah. You, know, you like. To, I think everyone likes to know that they had some impact on that. Uh, generation to follow
2: i don't know if you've seen it but there's been like a little point of contention with that online recently like taz maybe i don't i don't think he took too well with somebody using it that's something he's he's told me personally before like he doesn't necessarily like that trish told me she loves it she loves when people do that she feels like oh taz doesn't like when they use his move no no he he does not well sometimes because he said that he he appreciates the permission being asked and yeah, stuff. Yeah. But, I mean, he, I don't want to speak for him, but he doesn't seem like he likes it.
1: All right. Uh, well, maybe you should interview him and find out.
2: I, I know. I was just, I was interested to find, find out how you
1: felt High about that man, because, I, I mean, uh, the mandible claw is synonymous with one guy. I do like it. One thing that used to drive me crazy was I was actually at a WWE show. I think I was on the show a few years ago. And Wade Barrett, everyone, I, against, I would say, Wade, don't do that. It's not good for you, you know, <laughs> structurally speaking. And he would actually not just drop the elbow, but would do bang, bang before he oh, did it. Gosh. And our announcers wouldn't acknowledge it. And I'm like, I'm in your hall of fame. He's saying bang, bang. It's crying out to be acknowledged. Just acknowledge. Everyone likes to be acknowledged. So I will disagree with Taz on that. I, I do like it.
2: Hey, we're back. <laughs> <laughs> I just got a message from somebody saying, did Jimmy just disclose your salary on the pod? And I said, he wishes. Yeah, no,
0: no, <laughs> no. I really wish. He's right. Uh, I want to I say a couple more things about All Out and then we'll move on. Uh, I really like the subtle spot with MGF when he was holding the belt. And Cody had his back turned. Everybody knows MJF is going to turn on Cody. Everybody knows. And so it's going to come down to how they do it. And you know what it reminds me of, Sean? And I know in this era, it's hard because of all the TV. It reminds me of Hogan Savage in 88, 89. Where yeah. they, they, they started the Hogan Savage build almost a year in advance. Through subtle looks that Savage would give Hogan. And the commentators wouldn't even hardly mention it, if, if at all. He would give Hogan subtle looks. Uh, and that planted the seed, and that's what they did with MGF. I would love it if they would try to get a year out of this and just yeah. do this subtle stuff, and then you still build and build and build because, again, everybody knows that he's going to turn, so it's a matter of doing it well, and I hope they let it go for a while and, and don't just do it on the first or second TV, you know what I mean?
2: Yeah, I want to see I, – I I posted the picture of Cody walking up the ramp and MJF flipping off people behind his back. I, I want the Sting Luger – 95, 96 vibes where Cody and MJF are buddies, and he knows that MJF's a bit of an asshole, but it's his friend. I love that. I really dig that. It's different.
0: And Sting and Luger's a good comparison because that was absolutely their dynamic. So that's a good comparison. I love Tully Blanchard. I thought he did an amazing job. He was, this guy's like 65 years old, Sean. He was so active out there. Like he was getting yeah. involved constantly. He took bumps off punches. He was so heavily involved, and I thought to myself, man, he was really good. Arn Anderson looked pretty slow and heavy out there. Uh, Everybody loved that he did the spine buster spot, but uh, he didn't look the greatest. But I thought Tully looked amazing. And uh, and then last but not least, I always tend to pick on the Young Bucks, uh, and I know that there's a lot of fans of the Young Bucks that probably don't like it when I do that. And once again, I will say, respect their creativity. I respect their athleticism. I respect the risks that they take with some of their craziness, but once again, their matches have no common sense. Their matches have no psychology, and that's why I'm not a fan of them. I could not understand why when Pentagon decided that he was going to run off the ropes and go through Nick uh, uh, that was lying on a table, Matt looked at him and decided, I could save my brother right now because you're only like five, seven feet away from me, so I could run at you and save my brother, but I think it'd be a lot cooler if you and I run in unison, and then I'll just go through Phoenix, and you can go through my brother. No common sense. He took a Canadian destroyer off a ladder through a table, and within five minutes he was applying a submission. He was on offense applying a submission. No common sense to their matches. Uh, style's not for me. But again, creativity, athleticism, the risks they take, I respect all of it. Style's not for me, Sean.
2: I, I, I understand that. I dug it. There were things that I didn't like about it. But, yeah, I, I'm with you. I understand.
0: So I want to talk numbers real quick so so uh, they did the all out countdown show on TNT the night before Friday night, and there had been a little bit of confusion because first it was listed on TNT schedule, then it was pulled from TNT schedule. So there's a little bit of confusion about it. Uh, they ended up doing three hundred and ninety thousand viewers on that uh, on that special.
1: Save big money, Edmund. The-
0: To project ratings Which you really can't In terms of their weekly show Number one it was on A different night Number two they didn't Promote it very well Uh, I maintain that I think They're going to be able to do In the range of a million Viewers a week I think, though, that TNT will be happy if they can get to 700,000 viewers to start out because the 18 to 49 demo, they're going to be strong in that demo. I want to show you this screenshot. This is from Show Buzz Daily. Uh, this is the Wednesday night uh, top 150, although we cut it down to like the top 10 or 10, 20, yeah, 10, uh, to the top 10. But this gives you an idea of what TNT is looking at on Wednesday nights right here. Now, right now on Wednesday nights, TNT is not even in the top 100, Sean. Really? On Wednesday nights. No, on cable. They're not even in the top 100. But when you look at the top 10 right there, and if you look at the – so you got the 18 to 49 rating, and in the very last column, you've got the viewers by the in the by the millions. Yeah. So if you look at that, the, the number three show did 886,000 viewers. Uh, and the reason it's ranked number three is because they rank it by the 18 to 49 demo because, again, that's what advertisers care about. The number nine show did 645,000 viewers, Sean. I think that uh, AEW and TNT should be able to crack the top 10, I think, without a problem. Uh, do I think they're going to do 2 million viewers? No. Do I think that they can do 700,000? Yeah. I think that's very doable. And so uh, I think TNT is going to be happy with those numbers. This is not an expensive show for them. They're doing an ad split, yeah. and they're paying for their production, I believe. So it's it's not a it's not an a, a expensive show for them. So that's what I think is going to happen.
2: I'm real interested. That's that's what I keep saying. People keep asking me what I think the numbers will be, what I think they'll do. I don't know. I gotta wait and see. I have no idea in this landscape how this will will fall and how NXT will fall and how they relate. And there, I don't know if you saw these things. There's like some urging for Nielsen to not even do overnights later this year. There's there's some stories in related relation to that, not because of this, just because they're considered unreliable. Man, there's so much. So so much.
0: There is all right. Let's move on to the story Sean's been working on this week about Killer Cross. I'm going to just turn the floor to you, Sean. Tell me what's going on with Killer Cross.
2: Oh boy. <clears throat> so this weekend, especially here, here's how it all, all all unfolded. It started Saturday when Britt Baker was like, "Hey, I don't think Tennille Dashwood is signed," and I start digging around about that. Turns out, Neil Dashwood is signed uh, just through Bound for Glory, and then people are like, oh yeah, by the way, here's some other stuff that's going on. Killer Cross has not been booked since Slammiversary. Well, why hasn't he been booked since Slammiversary? Well, there's a few reasons. One, he's speaking to Impact via a lawyer. That's not great. Uh, well, why is he speaking to him through a lawyer? Because he hasn't been booked. Why hasn't he been booked? Well, supposedly... It's in relation to him asking for his release, and because when he lost Eddie Edwards, which he apparently didn't have a problem with, he said, "Hey, let's use fake blood in this first blood match. I don't want a blade because I've not been blood tested. Nobody else has been blood tested, and there's no doctor here. Seems pretty reasonable to me. Yeah, I what think the so hell's too. the difference? Fake blood? Who cares? Yeah, performance art. So." Beyond that, I get word, hey, Cross has complained about not getting his merchandise payments in full. I start poking around. I got maybe a couple wrestlers that say, yeah, we've got everything owed to us. But then I got a lot that are like, no, we've not seen it. We've not seen anything. We've not seen that. Uh, I asked them how, what, what they can tell me about their contracts, and they were like, well, basically all we can tell you about our contracts is that we're not allowed to speak negatively about impact on the record. And we're not allowed to disclose our contracts publicly. Well, then, in my opinion, the worst part hits. Killer Cross has worked AAA for about two and a half years now. Been very successful there. So is Scarlett Bordeaux, his girlfriend, who did have her release granted earlier this year. AAA is in New York City on September 15th. The
0: MSG show, or now it's at the Hulu Theater.
2: Yeah, with which is in MSG, but yeah. I was able to find out via sources on both sides that Impact, and specifically Ed Nordholm, are allowing AAA to use their promoter's license, and I'm told other amenities. I don't know what exactly, but that Impact – and when I say Impact, I mean Ed Nordholm, but I have to refer to it as Impact, but the way that people told me was Nordholm, and I don't know if it was specifically him or a rep that we're asking AAA to not use, or at least implying, to not use Killer Cross. Keep in mind, an independent contractor contracted to a company that is asking other companies to not book him, while they are also not booking him, and won't let him out of his deal. Now, I know a lot of people are saying, oh, there's two sides to every story. Well, I've been reaching out for that other side. On the record, I've reached out to Impact PR, I've reached out to uh, Impact Execs, I've done what I can to reach out and... They don't want to talk, and, I mean, obviously Killer Cross doesn't want to talk. He probably doesn't want to ruin his chances of getting out of a deal by talk, like doing an interview with somebody. This is a nutso situation, and really it's the messiest situation I've seen an impact under this regime. I thought that this regime wasn't <sighs> going to have any of that. Boy, was I wrong.
0: The other thing that I heard, maybe you can confirm or deny, is that when they very publicly – made it known that they were going to pick up hotels for the talent, which gave them very positive PR. And I put them over on this podcast for that. I heard that they made that decision in lieu of the merch money.
2: That that Well, that's some of the speculation going on among the wrestlers.
0: Right, right. Because uh,
2: Re- WrestleZone had broken that news about the, the blood test that I was trying to get – confirmed and i was still poking around and a lot of wrestlers were telling me yeah we think that's because they they don't want to pay the merch money or something like that yeah it is just messed up david uh sent a super chat saying this day and age in wrestling we all know it's not real i see no need to blade fake blood is perfectly acceptable i agree i was shocked referee aubrey handing a blade over to chris jericho even i was like really we're doing that okay
0: I mean, I had no problem with it. Jericho's an old-school guy. You know, I, I didn't really have a problem with that. But at the same time, I'm with Killer Cross in that if they don't have medical personnel and if you and your opponent have not been tested, you, I think people might be familiar with the Devin Nicholson situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you're not, he had a match on the independent Circuit with Abdul the Butcher. After the, It was a cage match. They both got bloody. After that match, Devin Nicholson got a developmental deal from WWE. And when he went through medicals, they discovered that he had Hep C. Which they came to find out he got in that match with Abdul the Butcher. WWE canceled his developmental deal. Uh, and so, of course, Killer Cross has to be smart. I, I'm totally with him on that. I'm totally with him. Uh, you know what? I, I have always said when it comes to Killer Cross specifically, you signed your contract and you have to own up to it. But even though I haven't seen his contract, if they are not going to book him on their shows... And if they are going to prevent him from getting work with their partners, because AAA is essentially a partner. He doesn't have,
2: have some major downside guarantee here or Right.
0: Like, I haven't seen his contract, but I don't understand how they can possibly get get away with that. And and it seems to me, I was telling Sean off the air, if there's any way that he can prove, because it's one thing, to, hearsay is one thing, proof is another. If there's any way that he can prove that uh, Impact asked AAA to not book him for that show in New York, that should be a pretty easy route for him to get out of his deal. Uh, you would in, think...
2: It's so funny because regardless of the regime, Impact always has these really talent, unfriendly deals. Then they always have some really talent, unfriendly disagreement. Remember the Hardy Boys when all of that was the brainchild? And they're like, no, no, ours, ours. And then they got reamed so hard. They were like, we're just abandoning all of our IP. Yeah,
0: we're which not was... We're gonna... Ridiculous. You know what? I... Anybody that might be new to this show, so I admittedly have beat up on Anthem quite a bit over the last couple of years because they've made so many really bad business decisions. They took Controlling Interest at Impact in 2017. At the time they did that, I questioned why would you want this company that's lost millions of dollars, has a shitty television deal. It would have been a lot cheaper to just start up a new outfit. I realized that at the time, and probably still to this day, Impact Wrestling was the biggest uh, ratings getter on the Fight Network, which Anthem owns. But at the same time, Nobody watches the Fight Network, and again, no. it would it would have been cheaper to just start your own promotion. I suppose to taking on all that debt. So I didn't understand why they didn't why they did that. I didn't understand why they brought back Jeff Jarrett after he had done nothing for the last couple of years. He had tried to get Global Force off the ground, and this is I mean no disrespect to Jeff Jarrett. I'm just kind of telling it like it is. He got tried to get Global Force off the ground. He couldn't do it. He was peddling fool's gold on the internet to to, to try to make ends meet. They bring him back. That clearly wasn't going to go anywhere, and it didn't. And then you move on from there. Ed Norenholm was put in charge. He's a lawyer with Anthem with zero wrestling experience. They put him in charge. He decided it was a good idea to rebrand a global force without finalizing the paperwork, Sean. And this was a lawyer that decided to rebrand their show without finalizing the paperwork. So when they split with Jarrett, then they had to go back to Impact. Then Jared Susan wants the master tapes back. Oops, we recorded over them. Then they come up with a streaming service. When they, when they have it in beta, they don't put it behind a login wall. So people are going on when it's in beta mode downloading the content for free. It's so mind-boggling the stuff they've done. They, book, they did a bunch of tapings in Ottawa, Canada, because they got a building that was very cost-effective. They decided to run it five days in a row. I told Sean before the tapings how stupid that was because Ottawa is not a good wrestling town, especially for yeah. five straight days. What happened, Sean? They had to have a casting agent cast people and pay them to fill the seats because they couldn't get... It's just a, a mind-blowing, the stuff that this company has done. And they I... have a
2: good roster. They,
0: have they, have a, a good... they do have a good roster. And and I, I did think... So I thought that Scott Moore and Don Callis would uh, would improve the product from a creative point of view. But I didn't have a lot of faith still from a business point of view because with all due respect to Scott Moore and Don Callis, they hadn't really ever shown me that they were inept in, in the business side of yeah. things. Uh, yeah, Scott Moore ran Border City Wrestling in Windsor. I mean, big deal. Don Callis was doing commentary for New Japan. They hadn't shown me that they had had success on the business operations side. And so, like you said, they got a good talent roster business side things have still kind of gone to shit and and here we are now with the killer cross thing they still don't have tv they're relying heavily on the india deal and the uk deal to stay afloat if you're a wrestling talent in this landscape sean all right if you're a wrestling talent when you've got wwe nxt which you know wwe whatever you got ring of honor aew mlw to a lesser degree new japan why on earth would you want to work with impact wrestling why? When you see this track record now, why on earth would you want to work with Impact Wrestling? The only way that I would do it is if I was a Rhino or a Rob Van Dam where my best days were behind me and they're going to give me a pretty solid guarantee per show, what the hell? But if I'm an up-and-coming guy looking for a full-time deal, I would stay far away from Impact Speak, Wrestling.
2: Speaking of, I'm able to confirm RVD is sticking with Impact Afterbound for Glory. He is extended through, I think, January or into January. Right. I, I I mean, they have, lit, they have a better roster than Ring of Honor, and I don't think it's even close. Like, there are maybe 8 to 10 people on the Ring of Honor roster that I think would be in demand if they went out of business. And I'm not including people like Zack Sabre that just show up there here and there. Impact has, like, 15 to 18. They've got, like, 6 or 7 women that would be in demand. Uh, so...
0: Well, you know, and since you're talking Johnny about Johnny of...
2: Swinger just signed
0: there, Jimmy, what are they doing with Ring of Honor? But no, with impact. Oh, uh, he's a buddy of Demore. He's an yeah, old buddy of, of Demore. That's why. So, so, so this so I I'm you know, I'm familiar with the Ontario independence going back 20 years. And I've, I've, I used to work with Scott Demore here and there. And all of these guys, uh, Rob Van Dam, to a lesser degree, but still Rob Van Dam, yeah. Rhino for sure, Johnny Swinger for sure, Cody Deaner for sure. These guys, Tyson Dukes, I'm surprised he's not there yet. Although I heard he couldn't get into the U.S. at one point. Yeah. these guys are Scott Demore guys. And when Rhino finished up with WWE and, and and they announced he was with Impact, didn't surprise me at all. He's a Scott Demore guy. Johnny Swinger is a Scott Demore guy. Uh, maybe they're gonna find uh what's his name? Diamond. Uh, from ECW? Simon Diamond. Simon Diamond. He's a Scott DeMora guy. Maybe they can dig him up. Maybe Mike Bucci's available. They can they can bring him back too. But uh that's how it is. You mentioned God,
2: CM Punk buried him in that thing. And did you
0: <laughs> and did you see Bucci's response? No. Uh he posted on social media, he said I heard what he said, and he basically said I'm in a better place uh and I don't want to dig up the past, and he left it at that.
2: Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, he's
0: he's a family man now. He works at a bank. I, I know that. he does. Yeah, yeah. Well,
2: he know. lives in Kentucky.
1: Right,
0: right. There yeah. you go. All right, let's go to stupid people. All right. Uh this is this first one's interesting, Sean. It's interesting. I doubt it. it <laughs> reported by Nine News Australia on September second. There's a woman out of Perth, Australia. Her name is Scylla Cardin. Anna Power. Oh. Yeah, no, Scylla Cardin. Uh, she's taken her neighbors all the way to the Supreme Court. Why is she suing them, Sean?
2: Uh her roux got attacked.
0: Not her kangaroo, her roux. Yeah. Uh, Because she's vegan and she doesn't like the smell of meat cooking on the barbecue next door. We have a video clip from the NIME News story. Put it up, Brady.
2: This isn't your average neighborhood dispute. It's a battle between a vegan and meat eaters, a health-conscious massage therapist and the barbecuers next door. They've put it so you smell fish. All I smell is fish. Silla Carden is vegan and she's fed up with the meaty
0: smells coming from over the fence of her Girraween home. I can't enjoy my backyard. I can't go out there. She's also furious at cigarette smoke wafting into her yard, so angry she's taken her right for a fume-free existence all the way to the WA Supreme Court.
1: Do you think they're doing this on purpose? Oh, absolutely. Of course
0: they are. It's deliberate. You could.
2: Going to look for the AEW title there.
0: Yeah. So the Supreme Court has sided with the neighbors. Her request for appeal has been denied. But she says she's not going to give up her fight and she's going to return to court soon. Hell of a neighbor, Sean. What do you think?
2: You know, I've wanted to punch my neighbors for a very long time, so I can relate.
0: I've had issues with neighbors before, but I'm not going to take them to the Supreme Court over it. I'm just going to, you know, settle it like, you know, just human fight beings. fight them like a normal adult. Fight them like a normal adult, yeah. yeah. This next one, this is reported by the Nashville Tennessean on August 31st. So Reverend Dan Rehill from the St. Edward Catholic School in Nashville, he sent an email declaring that the school was going to be removing Harry Potter books from the school library.
2: Oh, because of witchcraft. Did you hear the? Did you hear the reason? No, I just know that's the reason. Well, that's he, why a bunch of a bunch of religious nuts ran over a bunch of their books
0: and DVDs with a steamroller one time. Well, wait until you hear this quote from his email. So he said that after consulting with several exorcists in the U.S. and Rome, yeah, he said that the curses and spells depicted in the books are real, and he's and he said, quote. Quote, when read by a human being, they risk conjuring evil spirits into the presence of the person reading the text.
2: That makes sense why my house is so shitty because my wife has all these dumbass books. I got to get rid of those things. He
0: thinks the Harry Potter
2: spells are real, Sean. Well, maybe they are. I've not seen any proof otherwise, Jimmy.
0: This last one for the SRS file reported by the News and Observer out of Raleigh, North Carolina on August thirty. So picture this man, there's a 58-year-old man, he lives on disability, his name is Thomas Barnes. It's sad. He got a $70 bill from Direct TV due to him ordering the Hustler porn channel. Uh, he's refusing. Just get to... a subscription
2: service, buddy. Save yourself some money.
0: Well, here's my uh, question. He's refusing to pay the bill. What's his reason?
2: He didn't ejaculate.
0: He says his dog ordered it. Oh. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I thought my guess was pretty good.
0: He says his dog named Marino jumped on the bed, stepped on the remote, accidentally ordered the channel. Now, look, I'm not a DirecTV subscriber. Confirm? Woof. I was just going to say, I'm not, I'm not a DirecTV subscriber, but on Rogers, if you want to order anything, pay-per-view or anything, you don't just press one button, Sean. You know what I'm saying? You've got to put in a little passcode. You've got to hit confirm. So I'm thinking that the dog Marino probably didn't really order it, Sean. But uh, Mr. Barnes, he's gone so far over a $70 bill. The value of time, Sean. I've talked about this on the podcast before. He's gone so far as to file the complaint with the FCC. Wow. trying Trying to get Where's out to paying a $70 bill. It's in Raleigh, North Carolina. Oh man! And Directv finally agreed to credit, to put a credit on his next bill. Yeah.
2: Wow.
0: Yeah. He went to the FCC over seventy bucks. FCC. What's your time worth? Well, apparently seventy bucks. Well, maybe. So you were talking earlier about Ring of Honor, and you were talking about how Impact has a better roster. Uh, Ring of Honor has announced the brackets for their number one contender tournament that's upcoming. We have the screenshot of the brackets. Oh put boy. them up. Put them up there, uh, Brady. There you go. It's gonna be an eight man thing. Good. Well right. so so here's my questions for you, man. So they got Marty Skrull up here. Uh SI.com just broke a story that you broke a month ago. <laughs> <laughs> About how
2: Marty he, he did reach out to me and and add that to well the that's
0: good because you broke it a month ago but uh, about how mighty scrolls contract is up in november so he's probably not going to win the tournament their champion currently is matt Taven. he's reportedly done next month with all <laughs> with all due respect to pco and cold cabana with all due respect to those guys i don't know if i would want them in my top eight for my top title
2: i don't think they would put the title on cold cabana because i don't know what kind of contract he has but whatever it is it's one that allows him and only him to be at starcast because no other ROH wrestlers are allowed to be there.
0: All the more reason why I'd kind of question it. I mean, looking at this, it looks to me like is gonna be a runaway hit here. Yeah. But uh but I don't know. That's what they're doing. Ugh. Uh my other question, and and I don't know if we talked about this last Ugh. week. They're are you all right there, bud?
2: Yeah, it's just I'm just thinking about what they have and PC- I mean, here's the funny PCO thing.
0: in your top eight, Sean? Here's the funny thing.
2: I spoke with someone when I had the story of marty Skrull's contract and they were like oh by the way Tavens is up august or september and i was like really but here's the thing the reason i didn't report that is because i was like oh he'll he'll resign it'll be a moot point who cares and that's why ring of honor put the title on him jimmy because everybody well i don't want to say everybody a lot of people were pushing for marty Skrull to win that title and hold it for several months Because he's the biggest name you have in the company.
0: Yeah.
2: And you want him to to be the highest profile guy. And a lot of people are like, well, he's leaving in November. Well, Taven's deal was up before that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I would
2: still have Skrull win that title. And then maybe even lose it before he leaves.
0: And, you know, not just the fact that they've got those guys in their top eight for their top title. Which is obviously, you know, not the greatest. Uh, I question why they're doing a tournament to begin with. Now when the King of the Rings got a lot of buzz, the G1 yeah. Climax just ended, Ring of Honor's coming off like a copycat in this situation, they're coming off like a second-rate copycat, then they're making decisions like they're doing stuff with Lanny Poffo. They got Lanny Poffo was like... So
2: desperate for tickets, they're going to have him blow himself. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's what they're going to do. <laughs> he's the legend that they're, like they're promoting, that they're bringing in for sure. Lanny Poffo. With all due respect to Lanny Poffo, he's not going to draw shit. You know what I mean? Like, they definitely look I, like I they're in a bad way right now. Maybe. He could go in the ring and he could recite some stuff, throw some Frisbees around maybe. But uh, I don't know, man. It's a tough situation. It's a tough situation. I don't like it. I don't like it, man. Uh, what do you think of Bailey Sealtern?
2: I love it.
1: You She's like it? had
2: a really aggressive in-ring style for a long time. This better matches it. I thought her her promo on Tuesday was one of her better ones that she's ever done. It's more natural. It makes sense. I love it. I want a horsewomen four-way, as of right now, main eventing WrestleMania. We'll see how that goes and what develops between now and then. Because really, I don't think you can decide on what main event's WrestleMania till maybe mid to late February. It's, Vincent, it's
0: Vincent, man. He'll decide the end of March.
2: Yeah, well, well, I mean, he announced, like, what, three or four weeks before what the main event would be this year. So, yeah, I would, as of now, that's what I want the main event of WrestleMania to be. I don't know what titles or anything like that, but, hey, man, uh, that is a marquee match, and they almost never had it again because Sasha Banks was gone. They're never getting the Shield triple threat match at WrestleMania. That ain't ever happening, and that's a bummer because that was a legit WrestleMania main event as well
0: yeah I mean, they, you know they, they tried to do stuff with the shield, and, and then just stuff always got in the way, injuries and, and what was it, the mumps? Yeah that I mean, stuff yeah. got in the way all the time, but uh, uh, one, one thing I'll say about Bailey is seeing her on SmackDown this week. It reminded me of when Sami Zayn first turned heel. And, yeah. he, and he would come out, and he would still kind of pretend to be the good guy, but he did the really obnoxious dance, which I loved, to yeah. his entrance music. So he was the bad guy pretending to be a good guy, and I saw that out of Bailey on SmackDown. I saw her, a bad guy, pretending to be a good guy with the entrance and everything. Yeah. So, uh, so I thought that was pretty cool. Um, my one concern, and I want to ask you this, do you think with Bailey now the heel that they're going to use this to attempt a babyface turn with Charlotte again? I hope not. That's a dumb idea. Oh, terrible. Terrible. Because Charlotte at SummerSlam had one of the best performances of the night, maybe arguably the best performance of the night. And a lot of it had to do with her presence, her facials, her mannerisms, the way that she would talk trash to Trish in the ring. She is a spectacular heel, Charlotte. She's spectacular. Might be the best in the company, male or female. And uh, and turning her babyface to view with Bailey would be a major mistake. I think. You
2: know? I am in complete agreement. Becky, uh, here's the thing: they got to make other strong babyface characters. Bailey is a heel. Sasha is a heel. They needed that freshening. Uh, Charlotte is just a great heel.
0: She's phenomenal. She's Becky really is good. A,
2: and Becky is a special babyface. Yes, she so, is. Right now, uh, Carmella is sidelined. She said that she's had some sort of undisclosed uh, health scare. So she's, she's out of action a while. I think she's been out of the title picture long enough you can kind of reincorporate her. Nia's gone. Rousey's gone. Ruby's gone. Mm. T- even, even the lower end people like Tamina are, are gone and out of action. Uh, you got Mickey James out of action. So that really limits you. Lacey Evans is going to be a babyface. Liv Morgan, is she there yet? I don't know what the hell they're doing with her. Lana's off TV. Yeah. Kyrie and Asuka, maybe. But do you want to really split up one of the only teams you have? It might yeah. have to. But as we'll talk about on uh, the additional, uh, the extended list. The on extra list. Fightful, the extra list uh, on Fightful Select. Looks like a draft is coming soon. So they, they got to restock that cupboard because quite honestly, Jimmy – there's a couple of those people that I mentioned that are hurt that don't need to come back. One person, let's have Dana Brooke step up. See what she can do. Let let's let's see. Let's see what she can throw out there. Uh there are people they have that they can give an opportunity to, but right now the cupboards are bare outside of the top. Naomi's been out, yeah, even. Uh Alicia doesn't wrestle anymore. No, so, she she,
0: oh, she she's a uh, legend now, Sean.
2: Yeah, um they they got to they got to add some new names.
0: Yeah, you know something I mean they they showed with Buddy Murphy, they showed with Cedric Alexander, they're showing now with Chad Gable that if you give guys with talent an opportunity, good things can happen. Dana yeah. Dana Brooke I think has really busted her ass to uh to try to improve and so they should give her an opportunity. I'm still a really big fan of Lacey Evans. I look at Lacey Evans and I see a star. Yeah. maybe maybe she's not you know uh, uh on fire in the ring necessarily but her presence her character her promo ability she's got all of that and and I really see big things in her too they I think do have people she should be in a
2: team right now and the sad thing is Mickey James would be perfect as a teammate for her she's right. got the the country singing gimmick going and the thing is she's a veteran yep. you could do a lot worse than pairing Lacey Evans who's green with a veteran but unfortunately Mickey's out for a long time
0: i agree all right well when we go to the extra list this week we're going to talk about baron corbin we're going to talk about bray wyatt we're going to talk about the roman reigns cliffhanger the return to msg next week and we're going to talk about the draft going to talk about all that stuff on uh the extra yeah. list fightful select.com
2: uh this week on fightful i've got a ton of scrum footage like i can't run through all the stuff that i put up on youtube this week i've been working non-stop uh Make sure you guys support our great news team: Jeremy Lambert, Carlos Toro, Robert D. Felice. They do a great job on the wrestling news end of things, and it's allowed me to step away from the news beat and get all this exclusive content, guys. So make sure you guys follow them. Uh, I had the in-studio interview with Allison K. Go up. Have you seen it yet, Jimmy?
0: Uh, I saw the part when she took the mask and the belt and virgin. It
2: was. I'm really loving these in-person interviews. I'm digging
0: it. Well, I have to do more. Maybe if you come up again next year, you'll be able to book a couple of them, Sean. Yeah. And- uh,
2: well, hopefully we we've got some people locally and stuff that that we can reach <laughs> out to, even though WWE won't be there. But yeah, I like I always enjoyed phoners and stuff. But man, in person interviews, especially sit downs in a more private setting, completely dig that. I got Allison Kay, I got Mick Foley, and tomorrow I have Rob Van Dam dropping on the site. Where's uh, uh, sure you-
0: Where's Dalton Castle from?
2: I don't know, but he is running that show with RJ City in Toronto. In Downtown, October.
0: yeah. That's why yeah. I was wondering, yeah. I'll yeah, I him mean,
2: uh I'll probably have to hit up RJ and, and be like, hey, what wrestlers do you know?
0: Oh, there's <laughs> lots of guys here, Sean.
2: Then, then he'll go off about Ed Asner for 20 minutes. <laughs> that's what RJ City does. Awesome. Uh, that
0: interview will be dropping soon, too. Leave a thumbs up on this video, guys. Make sure you subscribe. And next week, thumb wrestling matchup, the rematch. Sean Rossap, Melissa, for this Jimmy, fightful championship right here i'm ready to accomplish week.
2: my dreams i'm so ready top of the show next week guys i i'm going to give you all a peek into my training camp as well i i've heard rumors that melissa is has allowed cameras near her training camp as well so we're going to see how it all unfolds top of the show listen your boy next week till next time we're out Subscribe to Fightful on YouTube for the latest exclusive podcasts, interviews, and news across boxing, MMA, and pro wrestling.